A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Christopher... You charming man. Thank you, mate. You're in a good mood. Because there's quite literally panic on the streets of Dublin. <laughs> Dundee, Humberside. Oh. oh that's, that's what you're going with, is it? For your opener? Yeah. Um, to, our, to our biggest episode, probably. Yeah. Yep. Um, listen, welcome to part two. Um, I know you've listened to part one already. And it was a cracker because we're... We're speaking to a a, a legend, an absolute yeah. legend of, of, of guitar music. Um, you all know I'm a fucking crazy Smiths obsessive. So You've got their lyrics tattooed all over you. I have. On the way up there, you were pretty cool up until about the last 30 minutes when he just chain-smoked up to Mike's door. And changed my, uh, turned my phone off because I didn't want my Smiths ringtone to go <laughs> off in the middle of the fucking podcast. Um yeah, so look, listen, uh, big thanks to everybody on the Distraction Pieces Network, mm-hmm. um, which is Susie and Jim and yep. Jason and the podfather himself, uh, Pippi Kins. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to our producer. 76. And our cameraman and uh, YouTube uh, editor, that's Bradley Acton. Go and add them all on social media because they love a chinwag we use a lot as much as we do. We're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. It's all hardcore listening. Search it, you'll find it. And we love a chat, and we want to hear what your favourite Smith songs are. And obviously, you know by now that Mike has chosen his top five albums. Get involved. Tell us what your top five albums were, were, wow. are, or were, and we'll have a right old teamwork with you. Wah. Yeah. Uh. What is it good for? <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. Soon as now. It's a drunken soiree in the Wi-Fi. Chris and Stu present Our Core Listing, the podcast. All right, so welcome back to this. This will probably be part three because we've been chatting, and so I reckon this will probably maybe. It be might a, be part three, it might be part two. We'll speak to 76 yeah, and see, see. See where we end yeah. up. Whatever part it is, um, we're, we're, we're in Manchester. Um, um, Mike Joyce has invited us into his home and uh, given us a good coffee. And, yeah, uh, that's, all right, that's, that's yeah, the second one, so I'm going to be good. climbing the walls yeah. in a minute. Um, so, welcome back, Mike. And, uh, yeah, this, is, uh, this has been a, a joy. So yeah, far, thanks for it? letting us uh, come over as well, mate. It's been, a, it's been a good crack. Good stuff. Well, is it, it, it makes it a lot easier because I know you. Yeah. You know, rather than <laughs> sort of like two blokes coming in and interviewing yeah. me, it's, yeah. uh, 
you know, how long have we been here now? We've been here about three, two or three hours. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this wouldn't happen normally. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody would come in and then, you know, be like, you know, hello, Mr. M- Mike Joyce, and sit yeah. down and do my interview. And then it's like, right, yeah. out you go. But obviously, you know, we kind of, we know each other. So it is a, it's just a bit like, I mean, Chewing it's, the just fat, like, isn't it? it's just like hanging out and just you know, having a chat, yeah. which is normally the best way to do it. Yeah. Think, yeah. Rather than it being like, you know, yeah, question yeah. number three and question number five, or I'll go back to that in a minute, you know, which yeah. is kind of talking about what kind of, what, you know, what makes us, makes us tick and what we what we dig and what we don't dig and and obviously with the the five albums thing uh i mean i thought it was pretty easy when you were saying to me before it could have been anything i'm starting to think oh maybe you know i mean it could have been something a bit more bizarre really couldn't it but i suppose just playing it safe is probably like the the, the safest bet but i mean out of those five albums the, the second to last or the sorry number two let's have it right number two is, is is the pistols and never mind the bollocks yeah um i mean just for the sheer audacity of it and that thing of them being you know when i look at it in retrospect we were talking before about that thing you know when you're a kid and you, these things are coming at you you're not looking at it and thinking ah oh, intelligent i see what they've done there and the way that they kind of encapsulated that kind of raw energy that the youth of today yeah. you don't think that because you are the youth of today yeah you're kind of you're dead excited about everything and you're frightened about things and you're just kind yeah. of like, oh you don't really know what's going you on you don't have that frame of reference re- no. reference yet do you no, really no do you do it because no. because you've not been there you've not no. done it you've not got the t-shirt because mm. you're still learning so when the pistols came along um to me it was a little bit frightening the whole idea of somebody because we were saying before you know like 1976 i was 13 um, I don't really know that much about it in, in around 76, more about 77, 78 when I started to understand, it, when they split up really, yeah, yeah. I started to understand a little bit more about the pistols. Um, but that just the sheer audacity of just being yourself, mm. just being yourself, what Leiden was a rotten at yeah. the time, yeah. to do that, I mean they were all doing it, that power, regardless of the music, regardless of what the music sounded like, yeah. to just stand there and not give a fuck about anything yeah, or yeah. anyone yeah. or any any situation takes a lot of bottle man yeah it takes a lot of bottle to not be bent do you know what i mean not to not to sort of like sort of like tolerate or, or influence how you behave because that's how people expect you to behave mm. it, it it takes a lot i've always found pip's been pretty good at that mm. you know when when he started blowing up and then you get exposed to the A&R guys and people throwing money in front of you and that I think that's very. Chari- I think that you, you can make that can make or break a person, yeah. and it was really cool seeing my mate not sort of like fold for the money mm. or start doing strange things. And the pistols are the same; they are who they are. They ne- they never really tried to be anything else at that point. Do you know what I mean? You ended up working with Lydon, all right? I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, was, yeah in, in Public Image Limited. Yeah, in ninety yeah. uh, two, um, I I worked with Bus Cox, and then what was ninety two? Was that don't ask me and disappointed. Hey, was, and that's right. Yeah, mm. um, uh, that what is not. Yeah, the album. yeah. It was Dave Jordan produced it. It was a difficult time for Pill. Um, well, uh, sorry, got, how did that dropped. come about? Hey. Like, how did that come about? Like, what me working with yeah. Pill? It was through um, the uh, the tour manager. It was the same guy that was working with uh, with Buzzcox, and uh, it was um, it was uh, yeah. That's how it came about. And I, I think when I was kind of introduced to the band. Um, I mean, obviously, I had a bit. I mean, I worked with Buzzcox uh, and the Smiths and a few others, so they, they kind of knew that I'd, you know, I, I could play and I was all right. Mm. Um, um, but the idea of uh, of fitting in, I think it was. 
I mean, Lydon is such... Had you met him prior no, to this? No, no. Not, I, was, I, was, I was in rehearsals. John McGee was on guitar, late, great John McGee magazine, and uh, obviously talking before about mm -hmm. him playing with uh, the Banshees on yep. guitar. He was on guitar. Alan Diaz was on bass, black guy from... Uh, yep. might, might not be from New York, but he played with a bit of Roxy. Yeah. The coolest dude ever. Mm -hmm. I mean, he was a proper dude. Yeah. And um, Alan Diaz, guitarist... Um, on uh, um, not Alan Diaz, what's his name? First name, Te sorry, Teddy Chow on guitar. Um, fantastic guitarist, great mate, became a great mate after working with him. And they, they we're in John Henry's <coughs> down in London in rehearsals, and I didn't even see Lydon. Um, and uh, for the first week, it was just a band, yeah. John McGee was the MD. And he was telling us all, you know, working through what tracks we were going to work through and having a break and stuff. And on the last day, on the Friday. I went in to get a bite to eat into the, the calf in John Henry's in the rehearsal complex and I saw Lydon at the bar and I was like, shit, shit. Because I wanted to be introduced to him yeah. in that kind of, in a formal way, really. So yeah. they were like, hey, mate, how you doing? You all right? Yeah. Rather than bumping into him. Yeah. And I thought, well, I can't go up and order some food next to him. <laughs> I'm in his band. Fancy that. Yeah. I mean, I've got to go up and all yeah. right, how you doing? And I thought, no, oh, okay, right, I've got that. So I went up and I was like, hey, hiya, John, how you doing? He turned around and said, like, hello. And I was like, hiya, mate, hiya, I'm just getting a, a bite to eat. And he said, how's it going then? And I said, it's going really well. And he said, I've heard your shit. <laughs> and, and, and I said, I said, well, no, you haven't heard me play yet, have you, mate? And I said, but, uh, I said, I've heard you sing. I don't know your shit. You can't, <laughs> you can't fucking sing. And he went, all right, do you want a pint? And I was like, yeah. And then that was the end of it. That was that for the day, that was the last thing that we played. And we started having a couple, and we that's the best way to do it. Yeah. You sit down and have a few jars together, yeah. and let's see where it goes. Yeah. And it was, you know, we turned up on the Monday, and then rehearsals began proper. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it, I was I was dancing around to the Pistols and, and, and Public Image Limited tracks. Yeah. You know, um, in 78, you know, at the old uh, Poly here in Manchester. I was dancing around to those, you know, with my spiky hair. And me docks on, and me, 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 you know, me, me, me tight jeans and that, and me drain pipes, and uh, and then now I'm kind of in a band with, you know, the guitarist from Magazine and the singer from from you know Public Image. I mean, it was a massive buzz, yeah. massive buzz, uh, bigger than you know. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, I just worked with Buzzcocks, which was the reason why I started playing the drums yeah. in the first place. So. It was massive. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. It? It's Johnny Rotten. I'm in a band with Johnny Rotten. Yeah. Yeah. Playing drums in, in a band with Johnny That'd Rotten. That'll do, won't it? It's pretty good. That'll yeah. do. Nice one. Thanks. I'll have that. Cheers. Stick it in my pocket. And it was great working with him. But like I said at the time, they were, they'd lost the way a little bit because Dave Jordan, the guy that did the production, he was a kind of a rock producer. And the album sounded quite rocky. I think they tried to... It was... It, 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 I thought it sounded a bit overproduced, that album. Mm. Like, it was. Yeah. It was. I think that they they tried to make an album for the American market. Yeah. And he relocated to America by then. Yeah, he, he was he was living in Hollywood, yeah. yeah. And I think um well they recorded the album in America as right. well. And I think when they were you know, I think people tend to forget as well that bands have sometimes it's like Depeche Mode, you know, they spent a lot of time in the States. Bands just do that sometimes. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they're not just you know, stuck in like the chain to one part, yeah. yeah, or living with the mum. They're not still living in Basel, and it's a shame. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. You know, but they're not even in the UK. Yeah. You know, or like you two. I mean, where do you two live? I bet there's Switzerland. Yeah. You know, du you know yeah. Dublin, Monaco. I bet there's yeah. a bit of that going on. You know, they're not all going to be hanging out in the pubs. In yeah. Dublin, no. No. So, yeah, and it was um, because of that. 
it did feel a little bit like an American album. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. embraced here. It sounded American. It did sound American. And I think that's just, you know, it, in terms of it doing that, it worked. Yeah. But I think America still didn't really understand Leiden and Rotten. Yeah. And of course, a lot of places did, and like the college circuit and stuff like that. Don't Ask Me was a probably the most poppiest single he's ever done, isn't it? it, yeah. was, it was a, it's, yes, it was. It's a cracking pop song. It was a cracking pop song. Right. Um, but in terms of him as a, as a, you know, when he came on a show, it couldn't go on mainstream TV. Yeah. I mean, we did a lot of, we did some promotion out there. It was mainly on cable. Because on mainstream, you know, it's you know, it's lying. And yeah. It's like, you know, you're all right, John, fuck off. Yeah. It's, it doesn't really, yeah. you know, Jonathan Rossett ain't. Yeah. Know, and it couldn't work. He just couldn't do that because it just will not compromise. Yeah. He will not, you know, if, you, if he wants to say, you know, you're talking bullshit, then he will say you're yeah. talking bullshit. Yeah. And, and I mean, this was then. I mean, I've, mm. I've seen him on Piers Morgan, you know, since then. So obviously, you know. That was weird. Yes, it was weird. I haven't it, seen that. It's really, I mean, uh, how long Piers ago? Morgan's how long we go, how we going A couple back? of years ago. Yeah. It's quite weird. Like, because Piers Morgan, I think he's a fucking vile human mm-hmm. being. And like, and it's as corporate and, and, and there's Johnny Rotten. Yeah. Like, it didn't sit right, I didn't think, but yeah, yeah but, I, mean, I don't know why he done it. No, I don't know why he did it either. But he, but sold, I, he, so he, he went on, he was selling butter, wasn't he? Wasn't it was, he part yeah, of that the butter, butter ads, yeah. yeah. And I, I think, you know, it's a difficult one, really, because, you know, um, people talk about, uh, you know, selling out, and it's very easy to say, you know, it's like that bloke in the vault that's there with his mates, and there's the four of them sitting around there with the pint of bitter, and it's like, oh, mate, you know, if somebody said to me, is you know three quarters of a million pounds? You fancy doing an ad for ten minutes? You know, I'd say fuck off as well. Mm. Uh, yeah, oh, would I? No, maybe I wouldn't. Yeah, you know, but the, it's dead easy. I to think say he that. said with the, the anchor butter thing. Or, uh, he said but also bear in mind, he's like this is like the, 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 there's years between Sex Pistols and doing that. You know, people's lives move on. You can't expect to just hold someone in this Absolutely. one this this yeah. photo he, of, he, of Sex Pistols and that's it. That's their life. That's what they have no, to be I forever. Like I think he's just yeah. irrelevant. John Lydon. John Lydon is John Lydon. Mm. You know, his whole career has been about telling it how he feels it should yeah. be said. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, but the, the, he, I think he said with the bar adverts that that was to finance the pill tour. The pill, yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, for whatever it's for, you know, if you kind of break it down and you say, oh, I can't believe it, you know, it's it's over for me, you know, Johnny Rotten doing a butter ad. Right, okay. What you need to do, folks, is kind of look at this in its singular kind of thing. Yeah. Right? It's butter, right? He's advertising butter, yeah. right? It's not Polaris, right? Yeah. It's not Kentucky Fried Chicken, you know. Yeah. It's not you're yeah. certain. There's no moral kind of yeah. issue, you know. It's butter, man. Yeah. And if it's the, the idea of him kind of, you know, he's getting paid well, you know, very well for yeah. it, yeah. and he's saying, "But I like an- anchor butter." That's all he's saying. Which he might have, you know, he yeah, might have done. He might have well, been like, yeah. it's like we have adverts for this, right? We do, we do our own reads, but we right. can pick them and go. Well, we don't want to do it for X, Y, and Z, but that company there, that's cool. We'll, we'll go there. Right. So he's got his reasons for doing it, yeah. right? So yeah. yeah, and it's and you know it's you know it's not like selling out. It's not like you know you know selling your soul to the man. Mm. I mean, the thing is. You know, if he wants the money, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. Mm. I mean, uh, Buzzcock's doing, what do I get for McDonald's? I do, you know, because for me, I mean, being a vegetarian, in fact, mm. a, an agent that I was working with a few years ago asked me to do, uh, they wanted a, a northern gritty voice for a McDonald's ad. Mm. And I said, no. Mm. And th- they said, it's 
you know, a lot of money. You get a lot of money for this. And I said, are you kidding? I said, I'm vegetarian. <laughs> and they said, they won't even know it's you. And I said, that's even worse. So when I get asked, and it's, you know, when it's first broadcast, like, you know, come, come to McDonald's, <laughs> come for a chicken burger, they're great. Yeah. And somebody says, is that you, Mike? And I go... No. no. <laughs> You're a it's, vegetarian, aren't you, mate? It sounds like you, though. Like, yeah, it does, doesn't it? It's just another northern gritty now voice. Now we've added cow. Yeah, I know. So, and then I said... And I have to so, Tasty so, cow. So denying it, denying it's me. Yeah. You know, it's like, I said, hold on a minute. I said, I'd, I'd be, be be prepared for people, people to spit at me in the street yeah. Yeah. if... I'd, you know, I'm selling... Now, that would be selling out. Yeah. That would yeah. be selling your soul. And it's yeah, like, well, yeah. I got a Lamborghini. Yeah. And it's like, mm. yeah, but you did an ad. Mm. For, and you're vegetarian. You kind of extol the virtues of cruelty. And you know, yeah. Mike, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, really, you know, he's, he, you know, it, 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 it's like I said, it's not Polaris. It's not yeah. as though he's kind of, nah. you know, he's not doing an ad for the Tory party. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I mean, in terms of that, I'm not really that arsed, but in terms of what he does for his way to make money, like you said there, Stu, you know, the idea for him to fund what he wanted to do by taking that band out, because Pill weren't signed. Mm. They've been dropped. Um, and, you know, the idea of the, you know, because people, I don't think people really know what to do with Pill and how uh, to do it. Yeah. Uh, same with Morrissey, I think, sometimes. It's very difficult for him for, to, to, how do we kind of, because that's the, the way that these people work. They're always yeah. thinking about mm-hmm. how to promote and how to sell product mm. marketing you are. yeah you know yeah, regardless yeah, yeah. of you know you might think you're a real person you're not mm. you're uh, an item that somebody is trying to sell to somebody else yeah. in some way and they're going to do it the best way that they can if they can't do that they won't take you on yeah. it's not because even if they like the music or don't like the music a lot of the time i don't think they're asked yeah if they can sell you to somebody else they'll sell you yeah. to yeah, somebody exactly, else yeah. if they can't they won't yeah. Yeah. and they'll drop you you don't get dropped because they don't like your music. You don't get dropped because you say bad things. You don't get... Sometimes you can, but mm. most of the time, they'll put up with that. It's, it's the like, bottom line, isn't it? Well, of course it is. Yeah. It's like, you know, I remember Tony Wilson arguing with me about Oasis. And it, we talk, it was at a management um, course. And he was saying... Because there's a lot of young managers there. And I was talking about what you need to do is smooth in. And you find your feet. You, 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 you walk in there and you... You, you kind of find the way that things work and you you should slowly ingratiate yourself into that situation yeah. and try and get your own way, more than one way to skin a cat. And he said, you go in there and you tell them to fuck off <laughs> and you say, you're the best thing that's ever been. If you don't like it, you can fuck off. And I said, Tony, if you're Oasis and you're Liam Gallagher and you walk in and do a big shit in the corner, some minion's going to have to be there cleaning it up going, mm, Liam did a big shit in the corner. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. So it stinks a bit in there. Everybody out because they'll clean it up. If you're selling 10 million albums, yeah. that's allowed. Yeah. And I think that's why, you know, with, with Lion, obviously, it's, with Pill, they're not selling massive yeah. amounts yeah. of records, which is what it's all about, mm. really. So that aspect of, uh, of Pill. But when, when um, yeah, I mean, with the Pistols, when I heard that album, I, I, it just, I suppose it was, uh, I'd, I'd heard music that was very similar to that, but not with that delivery. I'd never yeah. heard anybody so fucking angry. Yeah. I didn't even know what it was angry about. It was like, it seemed like everything was like, fuck off, you fucking bastards. Yeah. Everything. It was just, fuck the lot of you, fuck off. Yeah. And it, but it was, it was as though it was done. Not just, in, it wasn't, I mean, it was gratuitous because it was like, it was angry, but it was like, it was like he'd done it with, half of his face was smiling. Yeah. 
and half of his face was sneering. Yeah. So it wasn't just all rage. It was like you, you know, <laughs> you fuckers, you know, fuck all. Yeah. And it's like I'm fucking doing this because I want to do this, and I'm telling you, this is the way it's going to be. And if you don't like it, fuck off. I'm not interested. Yeah. And I loved that independence. Yeah. That I heard. Yeah. It was an evil knowing glare to him, wasn't there? Yeah. It was like it's brilliant. Yeah, that's and how it, I felt. And yeah. the musicianship was great as well. Yeah. You know, Paul Cook's drumming. People don't talk about Paul Cook as a great drummer. You know, yeah. people talk about drummers, are the, you know, whether it's, I know, Steve Gadd and these kind of big names, Stuart Copeland, um, you know, some of these, you know, great drummers. They are yeah. great drummers. Um, saying about the Ringo thing and obviously, you know, and Keith Moon. Paul Cook is, is not there. I don't hear people saying Paul Cook, oh, what a drummer. But he's a, he is a phenomenal player. Yeah. Because... It's that thing again. All he did was just play what the pistols needed. Yeah. He played, he was right for the pistols. And uh, I mean, he's done a lot of work with Edwin Collins as well. Yeah, that's I've right. He's done a lot of, st of stuff. And again, it's that same thing. He just plays what's right. Yeah. What's right for the track. And uh, he's a phenomenal player. People don't talk about the drumming on it. Yeah. Um, the whole album is a great album. And it's just one of those albums that just, it starts, for, as I was concerned, we were talking before, a lot of the kind of punks. Uh, from certain parts of punk that were around 76 were saying it was over by then yeah um and it had been uh taken up by people that were prepared to grab it and take it on and sell it and make money out of it which is human nature you know it's yeah. capitalism isn't it but in terms of what i heard when i heard it i just heard somebody that was really angry but was kind of saying come on board the Pied yeah. piper kind of thing yeah, yeah it was yeah. like come on have a bit of this and if you like this then you can do it yourself and you can yeah. have it you can have it too you can come yeah. in the water's lovely and yeah. that I found you know rather than that foot on the monitor kind yeah, of yeah, looking yeah, down yeah. at yeah, you yeah. you're the people yeah. we're the band yeah. don't you forget that we're yeah. up here inclusive basically yes. <laughs> yeah. and what yeah. a sleeve a sleeve yeah, is just I iconic mean, isn't it yeah like, yeah I mean you know that. I think it well it was just years ahead of its time when people have that advertising thing now about orange and yellow yeah. and purple yeah. and those kind of colours that are, you know, the way that people are stimulated by that, yeah. the way that people that think that, you know, certain colours and yeah. blues and are clean and, and people spend tens of millions of pounds yeah. kind of working out what all these are and Asda yeah. and red and yellow together means cheap and strange kind of anomalies like that. And the Buzzcocks, it was just, fuck off, never mind all that shit. Here's yeah. the pistols. Yeah. And straight away, there was even a court case about it, wasn't there? Yeah. You know, about using the word bollocks. People wouldn't touch the sleeves because of the swearing on it yeah. and stuff and, and the content. And they just did what they wanted to do and took everybody for a ride. And obviously, when the, when the split happened, the split was ready to happen. And rather than thinking, maybe we should do a couple of more, more albums, make a few quid... You know, because we're riding mm. on the crest of a wave here. Let's take the piss. They'd taken the piss enough for yeah. Leiden. That was enough for him to take the piss when he was taking the piss about, you know, with the, whether it be with A&M, Virgin, with them all. Yeah. It was like, let's just get what we can <laughs> yeah. and take the piss and, and then do he, what we want to do. And a year later to come back with the track public image. Fucking hell. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that ain't an half-arse return, is it? That is a Fuck off tune. Yeah, and it like, is a massive statement. Yeah. Get, but it, it sounds like quite pistoly. Yeah. And it's kind of rock elements. Yeah. I mean, obviously, Metal Box and stuff, they, that kind of started getting quite trippy. Yeah. And kind of out there, kind of like Eno and Can and kind yeah. of like, w w what's this? It's more of a very artistic, yeah. more ar arty. 
Yeah. Suppose. And that, that turned me off a little bit because yeah. people talk about how great, um, you know, some of that, that, that pill stuff is. I started to turn off a little bit then because yeah. I, I needed something a bit more kind of, yeah. a bit more aggressive and a bit more of a beat yeah. to it. Um, um, and, uh, but with, with the pistols, that, that idea of that still kind of, it, I mean, one album, it's enough. It says it all. It does it all. Yeah. And you don't need because really what they were doing is they were the first people to kind of spray spray it on the on the uh, the, the the big poles that you go out and you see people that you know uh, any kind of revolution or yeah any protest kind of yeah. protest they were there they sprayed it yeah, never mind the bollocks here's the sex pistol sprayed it on here it is have a bit of this and then people took the baton yeah you know from that and people how many bands were inspired by the pistols oh, you know yeah, even yeah, down yeah. to what they were saying and what they were doing and just not giving a fuck yeah. Like, and, but being so passionate about not giving a fuck gives it, elevates it to yeah. another state. It's rather than just yeah. being nonchalant and, not, and being bored and yeah. just being like, yeah, whatever. apathetic. Yeah. yeah, they're not, were they? They were no, very, very aggressively is, not apathetic about completely. not caring. A, about not giving a <laughs> yeah. shit about yeah. and doing what they yeah. want to do. And even yeah. if it was just, you know, saying bollocks or fuck off yeah. or, you know, you dirty wanker yeah. or having a cig or having a drink or whatever, you know, these we, we tend to forget as well that. This was like the mid seventies, you know. And when you think about it, five years earlier, six years earlier, was the sixties, man. Yeah. You know, and it's like I think we tend to forget a lot of these things when we're kind of looking at timelines with bands as well, um, you know. And especially in the yeah. states, because when I was with Pill and we were in the states, nineteen ninety two. Yeah, I mean, it seems like yesterday, you know, nineteen ninety two. Yeah. It's not like you know Victorian times, right? Yeah. But I remember when we were on that tour and Alan Diaz. Um, the black guy when we stopped off and we were you know down south and it was like I'm not getting off the bus and we were like why not and he was like not with this skin and it was like oh come on it's 1992 man he said not round here yeah (laughs) and we were like really and he was like yeah he said it's better for you guys as well you know that I don't get off and it was like whoa hold on a minute you know you know is it really and it well yeah I mean look what look at America now look what happened in the yeah Charlottesville, was it Charlottesville? Or wherever it was, yeah. a couple of months ago, where there was, you know, those racists, yeah. you know, and you see that kind of thing. That's 2017, 1992. It's like, well, it, yeah, 70s That must 80s. have been Rodney King time. It was probably, well, pro- I think it was even Pray, prior was, to what that. was King? Was he 95? I think it was even prior to Rodney mm, King. Yeah. But the thing is, we're talking about, you know, it wasn't New York or San Francisco. We're talking about a bit further south where... Yeah. Changes and attitudes haven't yeah. changed really. Yeah. And if you think about a bloke in his fifties or sixties, that's in that truck stop where we get in. He's been born in 1920. Yeah, he's yeah. not. The, the, the brain doesn't accept change. Once you, the, the older yeah. you get, a lot of people won't accept change. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's like when you when you got your old granddad who's a little bit racist. It's yeah, like yeah. you're not going to yeah. talk him round, uh, and you yeah. don't really expect to, do you? But no, yeah. geography so, does cause this, doesn't it? And you yeah. can suddenly find yourself in. You travel a couple of hundred miles, find yourself in a situation like, fucking hell, this is yeah. different to how we act and behave. And yeah, yeah God. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I don't want to kind of try and speed anything up, but I'm, I'm mindful. How long oh, have we got yeah, we know 23 minutes. We've, we've got, got 23 yeah. minutes. So, so what I don't want is, one, is get yeah. to number one yeah, and then yeah. it cuts off. And right, yeah, yeah, okay. And number one so is. Straight in at number one is Buzzcocks. Uh, another music yeah. in a different kitchen. Cracking. That the reason why I started playing the drums is because I went to see Buzzcocks. Oh, my love for music blossomed because I went to see Buzzcocks. 
Um, my love for playing the drums and being seeing bands and everything started with Buzzcocks. That yeah. was my whole kind of thing. I was uh, into bands and uh, into music, but just as a kind of background thing. But when I saw Buzzcocks, it was a life-changing moment. And I saw them live and I was... What lineup? Uh, it was Diggle on guitar, it was uh, Steve Garvey on bass, John Maher on drums, and Pete Shelley on vocals and guitar. And I was smitten, that's the word, yeah. rather than thinking, these sound great. Yeah. I think it, I was, I'd never seen a band enjoy themselves so much. Yeah. You know, around that posturing of kind of quite aggressive, yeah. kind of, yeah, well, you know, we sound fucking great. Let's get have it. Everybody jumping Diggle's around. got that in abundance, and he, he, you know, he... yeah. But they were all laughing their heads off. Yeah. Were, apart from John Mar, who was like, it was like the, you know, the guy from Sparks. It was like him. He was that kind of <laughs> the odd kind of one that just yeah. wasn't, was getting it, but was yeah. kind of pretending to be really yeah. kind of quite dour yeah, 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 about yeah, yeah. the whole thing, and like, yeah, mm, they're, they're still <laughs> just those three messing around again. <laughs> But Garvey and, and Diggle and, and Shelley were just bouncing around and the songs were just so uplifting. I didn't realise as well that, because I thought punk was meant to be quite aggressive and quite stark and quite nasty and quite forthright and thrusting it in your face. All I could hear was beautiful melodies. Yeah. That's all I could hear. I mean, it played quite aggressively, but just the whole kind of feeling was just a, a, a thing of beauty. A lot of pop sensibility in the, in the Buzzcocks. Yeah, right. yeah. And I, I fell in love. I was completely smitten, and that was it. I was like, right, Buzzcocks, Buzzcocks, Buzzcocks. I became a bit of a stalker, actually. I kind of found out where um, Shelley lived and uh, went around to his house and knocked on his door and opened the What? I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you what right? Do you want? <laughs> uh, nothing. I, uh, no, I mean, that bad. And uh, I found out that they rehearsed in Manchester. And um, I, I, I just used to wag it at school, didn't didn't go in and, and just uh, walk up and down Newton Street when I knew that they rehearsed, uh, the, 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 where the management offices were, hoping to catch a glimpse of one of them. And then they'd come down the stairs and I'd be walking up and down the street all day and then I'd, I'd be like, oh, hi. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, hi, you all right? You know, what are you doing around here? I'm like, oh, all right, again, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Seeing you. <laughs> well, it wasn't first name. <laughs> Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
point. It was just like, here's that freak. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, hi, James, how are you doing? I'm, I'm just, you know, got to, just had to, had to go to the dentist, you know, I'm going back to school. And did it, like, this record physically change your behaviour, yeah, didn't it? Yeah, it absolutely did. It did. It changed everything about me and I became smitten and obsessed and, and in love with everything and with them, the music, their clothes, everything, the records, the lyrics, the words, the, the colours of the sleeves, everything. I just became completely obsessed by it and uh, I just used to piss everybody off really with my obsession. And and um, What did your mates think? Did, did anyone else sort of like be like, slow down mate? Well, you I mean, talking about the buscocks. Yeah, well, I think they were just—I was a pain in the ass because I was only sixteen. So, I mean, it was—I think you know, there's very few sixteen-year-olds that aren't a pain in the ass. <laughs> Mine was just kind of coated with buscocks, uh, <laughs> and, and with my flatmates because I moved out of the, my house when I was sixteen and moved into Hume, and uh, I was just buscocks, and they were like, "Fuck it, turn it in, fucking turn!" Fucking <laughs> four in the morning, orgasmatic. We don't really want to hear that. Yeah. So, but I couldn't, you know. It, I mean, I was just kind of in and in deep. So when I started playing the drums, I got a, a red drum kit, the same as John Mars, and um, same cymbals. I, I positioned them the same way that he did, just completely again in in deep, and uh, and then um, serious impact, man. Oh yeah, yeah, massive. Well, do you know I, for other people that got it, I suppose it's like that kind of you know Smith's apostles are the same thing. It's like if you get it, you get it, and if you don't, you do, sorry, if you get it, you don't understand why somebody can't. And if they can't yes, get it, yeah, you kind that, of feel yeah. a bit sorry for them, really. And it's like, yep. shit, you don't see what I see. And for that, I feel a bit sorry for yeah. you. You're missing, I, cause you're, yeah, ba- you're, you're missing out. Because you've got bounds of joy out of this. Yeah. And it's like, if other people don't see this, maybe they see it in other ways. Maybe yes. they do, maybe they don't. But from what I'm seeing, I don't understand why yeah. everybody can't just embrace this and, yeah. and kind of get what I'm getting out of yeah. it. So, yeah, so when I was uh, in The Hoax and Victim, the first punk bands that I was in, that's what I was, you know, I was playing like John Marr and yeah. ripping him off and, yeah. and playing like him. And I remember Johnny Marr from the Smiths saying to me, he said, you're a miles better drummer than John Marr. And I was like, what? You can't say that. That's not allowed kind of thing. You know, it's, uh, yeah. thanks for the, uh, yeah. I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I'll take it as a compliment, but you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I know that you kind of think that I'm a good drummer, but no. no was, that, was you learning those sort of, was you learning the Buzzcock tunes basically, sat in your room and yeah, like replaying yeah, the record and stuff player, like that? That's yeah. exactly how yeah. it was. And because um, I met John Marr, the, the drummer from Buzzcocks, Steve Diggle introduced me to him and um, I crumbled. I absolutely crumbled. I just didn't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, and Diggle said afterwards, he said, that was funny, Mike. He said, you know, I've never seen you be like that before. It was like, you fucking, you just, just talk like a dick for like 30 seconds. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. it was like, hiya, John, how are you? Yeah, and he was yeah. like, fine. I was like, yeah, so am I. <laughs> uh, that makes us both all right then, doesn't it? Anyway, yeah. Um, Good chat. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Denim's good, isn't it? I love the way that it's really hard wearing. Fucking hell. Bye. And well, you know, it was one of those things. I was like, John Mark's like, yeah, see you, Mike. It's a bit weird. And I, I don't remember what I said. I just came out of the load of stream of yeah, shite. Because yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say, I fucking love you. Yeah, yeah. I just fucking love you. That's all. Go yeah. away. And I couldn't. And I was trying to trying to be, you know. Because I mean, I remember people have come to me when I was working with Morrissey and people say, what do I say? And I just say hello. Don't be smart. Don't be clever. Just say hello. And people go up and it's like, you know, they'll say something by Oscar Wilde and Morrissey will go, what? 
that's the opening gambit. Then, yeah, and they've, they've been rehearsed, you know, they've been stressing out, rehearsing it yeah, over and yeah, over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's like the Russell Brand thing, because I heard that story when he first spoke to Morrissey, he's a massive fan, in, and he said, well, he said, uh, I've seen you perform quite a few times, and I'm a massive fan. And Morrissey turned around to Russell and said, Seals perform. <laughs> in a really nasty way and it was like oh have you got Ma and it was just I was like that with Ma John Ma I was completely smitten and I, and I didn't know what to say and then many years later 1990 91 yeah 90 91 I get a phone call from Steve Garvey the bass player from Buscott and uh, I didn't realise it was him at first it was an American guy well an American sounding guy on the phone it was like hi hi there is that Mike and yeah speaking hi Steve Garvey here and I was like Pfft. Are you sure? Come again. Doesn't sound like Steve Guy. You're from Middleton, are you? And it was like, you don't sound like that. Uh, Presswich, I think he's from or somewhere. Anyway, anyway, so he said he we're doing a world tour and John Marr wants to go back to um, working with VWs because that's what he did. He, he made big engines for, for, um, for uh, drag racing and everything. World-renowned yeah. engine builder for VWs, anyway. And uh, he said he doesn't want to do it. Do you fancy coming and joining Buzzcocks and doing the rest of this tour. It takes in Australia, um, America, Europe and uh, Japan. And I was like, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Why not? Yeah, okay, Steve, yeah. Big boring stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like fucking shaking like a leaf going, yeah, that'll be fine, I think. <laughs> Let me just check my diary. Oh, fuck. Your voice fluctuating. And I'm like, oh, my go play with buscocks he's having a fucking laugh so yeah so you go to rehearsals and and I, and they're like you know do, do you know this and i'm like uh, yeah yeah no. i think i think we might be able to get to that <laughs> each every, every track was just yeah i mean i knew every single song that they'd ever done and, yeah and it was that was pretty obvious so there was no kind of worries there in terms of what they wanted to play yeah. it wasn't like do you know this i said well i bought every single record you've ever yeah. released and all the bootlegs so I also a, followed him around for quite yeah. a long period of time. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, and I've been a, and I'm a stalker, so I know everything about all of you. So that, you know, I didn't get to that stage, but it could have done easily. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? The best thing about it was I, I fell in love with them as people. They're such fucking great people. And, right. You know, regardless, because if it would, because I know, and I've met people that I've met their heroes and worked with them and been like, oh man, he was a dick. Yeah. He was a complete and utter yeah. dickhead. And it was awful because, you know, all I knew was what I'd heard and the records. You don't want to see behind the and curtain. It, yeah, behind the curtain. It was and, a nasty sight. And it's yeah. like, oh no. And it ruined, and the records never got played again yeah. because I know. And But with Buzzcocks, that kind of, you know, it, it, it compounded my love for them. It was just ridiculous because I just thought, wow, they are even, as people, they're as wonderful as I thought they were. All of them. And Which is difficult, in it to, to For people to and, and match what lovely. your expectations are. What a perfect yeah. way to, you know. Yeah, well, it, it, well, I mean, that's why when people say, you know, what's your favourite band, your favourite album, Buzzcocks. <laughs> I can't yeah. be thinking, well, that's a tough question. Is that? No, because Buzzcocks, they started my kind of musical venture in life. Yeah. They started no. it. They were the catalyst. They kind of sparked... They were like the bit of Tinder. They kind of, they fired me up. And then right from then on in, and then when I met them, and then going on stage with them, oh man, you know, it, then it was just getting completely ridiculous. Yeah. Because I was playing with people that had been, you know, I, I was completely started. I'm still starstruck by them, still. Yeah. I mean, I, I see them, I saw Buzzcocks playing in Manchester last year, 
And just standing there watching them was kind of, it was amazing. I mean, it was great, but going backstage and I'm like, can I speak so over there? <laughs> I'm still like that. You yeah. know, there's giggle. I don't want to go in and kind of pull rank and, excuse me, excuse me, drawing from the Smiths yeah, back yeah, out. Yeah. I just kind of, I'm still in the corner waiting for them to see me and then, and then it's like, I am Mike, and I'm like, am I? Yeah, great. He recognised me. He recognised me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's as ridiculous as that. Still, because the respect that I've got for them yeah. of what they brought to me, because they changed my life yeah. forever, yeah. just by being there. Yeah. And now, I suppose, in a way, I've done that to some people as well. Yeah. yeah. And it's because I know that these people tell me that, and I'm yeah. like, really? Wow, fucking hell! Yeah. How cool is that? Oh, right. Well, I'm glad to have been some way helpful in yeah. you know whether it's you say you know, people have said you've actually literally saved my life the band that you were in because i was in a very bad place yeah. i was in a very bad way and if it wouldn't have been for that i don't think i'd be here now yeah. wow what right. can you say that that's not like oh i love that riff yeah <laughs> it, you know what i mean i dance around to that it sounds ace this is something beyond people love bands and 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 a lot of bands speak directly to people but I think it's a safe bet to say that the Smiths, you know, really do speak to a huge amount of people. And it's, I don't know, obviously, personally to me, but I think they're they're a little step aside from a lot of bands. I'm, I'm trying to... No, do, I, know you I, need, to I need to be real self here, but no, I can't... But, no, but you know, like, say, like, I mean, bands around the time, right? You know, Heaven 17, right? Yeah. ABC. You know, these bands, they sold shitloads more records yeah. than the Smiths ever would have dreamt of selling yeah. but I don't know many people that will go into a record shop now yeah. or go and like right uh, have you got Heaven 17's third yeah. album I don't even know how many albums they've had yeah. but for the Smiths for certain bands there is that kind of you know and it's not something that it's not blind worship it's no. it, if you can kind of have that effect because I mean you know, some of the bands one person's goose is another person's gander some people you know I mean a band I don't know like God's Gift I don't like them I've never been a fan, but somebody somewhere will be like, man, they're the best band that's ever lived, and yeah. I love them, and I'll defend them to the hilt because they're ace. But when you see so many people that I talk about the Smiths in such, with such reverence, it's humbling because, of course, I, you know, I mean, we did it collectively, not to do that, but to be a successful musical unit. That's what we did ultimately. Yeah. The idea of in 1982 when we were in that little rehearsal room in Portland Street in Manchester, I don't care whether you, who yeah. you are, Mozart, Johnny, I'm not having it. I'm not having it that, you know, I mean, I know that they had a big vision and yeah. I know that they wanted to really do something that would be, that would have a long lasting effect. But nobody, nobody, I don't care who you are, would think that, you know, I mean, look at us 30 years now, yeah. 30 years on now. Talking 30 years about, from Strange Ways. That's this right. week, is it? from the end, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even longer in yeah. terms of that, how that influence and how mm. massively uh, impact, impacted on people's lives, yeah. even now that the band that, you know, can, that can have the power to do that. It's, I, I still, Crazy. every Friday, I'll have each year a new generation of students come through the doors of the pink toothbrush and when I get an 18-year-old kid come up and go, oh, you play, uh, what difference does it make? I just think, man, like, this is amazing. Like, because when I was 18, 25 years ago, whenever it was, I walked through the doors and walked up to that DJ yeah. and went, yeah. can you play? Stop me if you think, you know, and like, oh, yeah, no worries. And, and I just think it's just fucking crazy that. But, but you know, I don't think it happens with that many bands. No, this because, is this know, was this was kind of what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, you know, things like 
um, as we, we spoke about Peel and Don't Ask Me, that, Don't Ask Me, that sounds dated. Yeah. Um, and so many bands that were around in 83 to 87, their stuff, the likes of Duran, Duran, you know, sounds dated. You know, good pop songs, but dated. Yeah. And you can still respect it. Is it? I mean, yeah. if you think about it in terms of the timeline, right? 30, 35 years, 40 years before the Smiths, Robert Johnson. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, it, does it sound dated? Yes, it yeah. does. Yeah. Because it's a bloke. Recording in you know, a, a, a strange a guy studio. With yeah. A guitar, yeah, yeah. Just one guitar. Yeah. yeah. Singing something that, you know, it, yeah. it's one of the first people that ever played pop yeah. music or kind of, you know, it's, it's yeah. kind of with a guitar, guy with a guitar yeah. that we know of that's been yeah. recorded. That's kind of, you know, obviously music's been around for thousands yeah, of years, yeah, yeah. but in terms of that kind of, kind of whether you call it you know rhythm and blues or whether you call it kind of you know blues or you know mm. early country or whatever it is but it's not country music but mm. you know that kind of just a bloke with a guitar mm. playing it's a precursor to everything that happened after yeah. that so when you talk about that timeline you know uh, or bill haley or whatever you know i mean does it sound dated yes it does yeah because it it, it does feel dated it's yeah. not like people going into clubs going like stick some bill haley on make yeah. a nice one but in terms of people doing that now with that same timeline See, that's what kind of makes me feel as though I'm at really 54. Maybe I'm only about 24, <laughs> yeah. 25. Because I feel like that. Because when I listen to the music that I play on, I played on, it doesn't. Some of the snared sounds might sound a bit dated because we we're using a certain type of reverb on yeah. the snare. Yeah. But in terms of like how soon is now, you know, in 2073. When How Soon Is Now comes on, I don't. I've just got a feeling that it's not going to be like. Oh. You couldn't place it. No. No. No, because right. it's not 70s music. Yeah. It's not 80s It's not 90s. It's not 60s. As I said to you earlier, it's, it sounds out of time. Like, and yeah. I don't mean... Like, out of time. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and end. <laughs> <laughs> On that bombshell. Oh, you hear is that? But it could, it could have been dropped any, in, in any decade. Yeah. And it would make people go... Hey. And do you know what? And, and I said it about Fool's Gold and all the was on, on the way up today. We, um, she Shall Sanctuary by the Colt come yeah, on. Right. <clears throat> sonically that doesn't sound of any era it Not just that. sounds like a fucking great mm. produced guitar record yeah. and I think a lot of the cult stuff did sound out of time um, sorry um, of its time but again like I think and as I said with Fool's Gold and they, they just sound like they're from another world and it's just yeah yeah. Well, it's 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 cool that I mean it, that we can still kind of do that. I suppose I suppose in the same way. I mean, I never. I was thought. I wonder if we'll ever achieve that status where there's you know sometimes you know you can be in a band where there's peaks and troughs. You know, some some decade it's like because I remember in the early nineties when we were uh, when I was out and played, you got some gigs and they're pretty poorly attended. Because most people were just on one and and out and having a bop, you know, nineteen ninety yeah. club. I didn't want to see bands either. Yeah, I wanted to just go in a club and party, yeah. party hard. That's what I wanted to do. It was great. It was working for me, and it was working for everybody else around me. Everyone yeah. was having a great time. 88, 89, 90, It was great. The idea of going out and seeing a, a band, you know, t t things do fluctuate. But I thought there's always a kind of sometimes there's a band name or you know people like the Elton Johns and the kind of Rod Stewart's and the Claptons and and the Bowies and. The, and, and Bolands, these people that have achieved a status, like the Doors or whatever, yeah. that, that it, regardless of what's popular and what's unpopular, yeah, 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 yeah. once they've hit a kind of point, they're, they're kind of so deeply they, sat, they saturate history, didn't they? Like culture, it'll always be forever present, as opposed yeah. to something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think the Smiths are starting to do that now, mm. it seems, because 
because 35 years on, you know, we're still talking about it and, and it's still not like, oh, you know, I don't want to speak to people and I'm doing a bit of DJing or whatever and people come and say, you know, my, my son and my daughter are so into the Smiths, you know, the massive Smiths fans. It's like, you know, I didn't think that they would be, but, you know, I'm, I like the Smiths and they've had a look at my record collection and they, that's it. They're just, you know, they, they've got quests and everything and it's like, wow, <laughs> wow. You know, we, we obviously did something not, not wrong and there's no right and wrong here because you can't have that in music. There's no first, second, gold, yeah. silver and bronze, is there? It's Touched if, on something. If you like it, you like yeah. it. And if you dig it, you dig it. But, you know, the, the, the similarity must be for me with, the, with Buzzcocks. The, that, the reason why when I hit on that, when I heard that record, when I saw them, and I was like, wow, this this is a biggie. Yeah. This isn't just, you know, oh, nice hi-hat work yeah, you know, by yeah. John Mayer in the back there, or cool, cool bass line. You know, I got into that at a later stage, but just how mind-blowingly uh, react, how it reacted with my life and how it started my kind of musical journey, yeah. uh, it, it couldn't have been... Uh, any more prolific in terms of rather than thinking oh yeah sound all right but it was just everything you know the runoffs like little messages in the runoffs the colors i think morrissey did definitely take a lot from buzzcocks in terms of sleep you know, not in terms of sleep design but the importance attached yeah, to it yeah, definitely and the color uh, aspects and stuff and in fact pete shelley said to me when um where he said to me that uh, a young lad came up to him when he was in um in the club legends in manchester uh, a dance club. Uh, I mean, it, was, it was a different types of club, but it was when it was a dance club. And came up to him and said, uh, "Do you want to start a band?" And uh, he looked at him and was like, oh, "No, no, it's all right, son." And it was Johnny Marr. <coughs> Not a lot of people know that. No way. So imagine that. Imagine if Shelley would have gone. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Whatever. Should we have a pint of a drink? Everything would have changed and everything would have been different. But isn't it amazing that you know when you talk about. Because people, you know, I mean, I've heard people say pretty disparaging things about me as a player and saying, oh, you're fucking shit, Joyce. It doesn't matter. You, you know, you were carried along. Look, I'm not fucking daft. You know what I mean? I know Morris is brilliant. I know Johnny Marr's brilliant. I know Andy's brilliant. Of course he is. But, you know, somebody had to play the drums. And I'm not saying, you know, hey, my drums are fucking great. Mm. I've never said that once to anybody ever. I've never said, hey, fucking hell, my drums are all right in that. I like playing in the band. They had to have a drummer. I was the drummer. It would it, Ringo could say the same thing, you know. Yeah. Circumstance, the way things that kind of just move about and change. That's just the way that you know you roll the dice. I got a six. I rolled it again. I got a fucking another six. I rolled it again. I got another but six. That was driven by your passion, though, Mike. Everything. If you if you like listening to you talk about all your albums and that, and how much you get drawn to it, and how it affected your behaviour. Yeah, you know, you were gonna find yourself in that position because you gave that much of a shit about it that. You went on and did it. Do you know what I mean? You yes. Were, you were yeah, drawn yeah. to it. You was compelled to go and buy drums. Yeah. Play, learn a lot of the buzzcock yeah, stuff, yeah. then go off into victim. What was first? Hopes or victim? Hopes. Hopes. Hopes yeah. of the first band. Yeah. yeah. Go into doing that. It, you know, it's not. Well, this isn't it. luck. This is Pat. This is something that you become obsessed about, right? Yeah. I know. Well, I, I don't know whether you've read uh, the Dice Man by Luke Reinhardt, but in oh, terms, I, yeah, that's a crazy yeah. fucking. Well, book, it is that. a crazy fucking yeah. book because I, I do believe in a lot of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know that thing when people say, yeah, I, I think it was Roosevelt actually. Maybe it wasn't him that said it first, but he's been attributed to saying mm. it, that thing about I'm really lucky. The harder I work, the luckier <laughs> I become, which is right. Because, you know, if you're sitting at home and it's like, no, oh, you know, did I win the lottery? No, I didn't. It's like, did you buy a ticket? No. Mm. <laughs> well, that's why. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've got to kind of, you've got to do something to actually kind of 
achieve those goals yeah. and those dreams and those aims. And I did, you know, by 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 perseverance. And but though, but that that album, obviously, that was a catalyst for me. That we have thirty seconds. Right. <laughs> Mike, that oh. that was fucking amazing, Mate. man. And I just wish that we had more time. Yeah. Well, thanks uh, for coming up, man. I've really Mate, enjoyed it. Ma- honestly, Absolute that is a pleasure. pleasure. Dude, uh, pleasure, we really mate. appreciate that, man. Um, I don't know what to say, man. We've got like 10 seconds well, and I'm blown I, away I, by I think that. all the talking's been done. Yeah. You know, we've covered all the bases. I've got, yeah. got my top five in there. And I wanted to really show people just how passionate I am Do about that album. Fucking prove that, I, friend. I think I did that. <laughs> Mike, thanks so much, Thanks, mate. buddy. Honestly. Nice so I'd say maybe... I'd say maybe two to three inches of the candle was actually inside me, and had it melted in any way, shape, or form? No, 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 no. no. I could, I could still feel like I was got some good purchase it was on still it. Still solid, and yeah, mm. absolutely. But I could feel the heat mm. as the candle was burning down, oh. and uh, and uh, and Dustin was saying to me, like, "Are you okay?" And I was just like, "Just, just keep the fires burning. Just keep the fires burning." And he was like, "Let me like." This this might be illegal in some states in the, you know some states of America mm. and but I was so lost in the moment mm. that you forgot it was that scented candle your nan had bought you exactly you know and you know that was the last thing you had of hers wasn't it that candle there is a light that will never go out Chris <laughs> it's a drunken soiree in the within. <laughs> Chris and Stu present our core listing, the podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.